Yo, I'm back again. <clears throat> so this week, I would like to talk about the NZSIA Level 1 and Level 2 Ski Instructing courses that I have taken over the last couple of seasons. So when I went into uh, the Ski Instructing courses, I had a, a lot of questions that I, I wanted to be answered, but there was nobody I could really go to to find the answers so I aimed to provide information for people in this podcast that might help them for anybody looking to actually become a ski instructor so I might answer questions like uh, how 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 much the court do the courses cost what are my work prospects look like how much am I going to get paid do, am I good enough to do this course and yeah just pretty much get into the details of uh, the courses so, starting with the Level 1 course, the NZSAA, which is the governing body of ski instructors in New Zealand, uh, also known as the New Zealand Snow Sports Instructors Alliance, run uh, these courses to become a ski instructor all throughout New Zealand uh, every year. There's about, say, six or seven courses off the top of my head, and they're run to a very high standard. and uh, very well recognized internationally. So, from what I'm aware of, they run them at uh, Whakapapa and Tororo in the North Island, Rainbow in the South Island, Ohau, Treblecone, Cardrona, and Coronet Peak. I'm not sure if Remarks d does them. And they're not affiliated with any particular field. However, they are based out of Queenstown, so you'll find that the majority of the trainers are either working as instructors, as just ski instructors themselves at uh, the Southern Lakes uh, ski fields, or some of them only do training programs uh, and work as trainers for the NZSAA. So you get a wide variety of trainers but they are very qualified and some of the best skiers uh, in New Zealand. So what does the level one course compose of? Well there's three different sections. There's the personal skiing, the demonstrations and the teaching. So if we start off with the personal skiing, on their website it states that to be able to pass this course you want to be able to link basic parallel turns down blue terrain. Now, you'll probably rock up to this course and you'll, you'll realize, and everyone will realize, that their definition of a basic parallel turn is quite different to what yours uh, probably is. Yours might just be skidding sideways in a parallel kind of formation down the slope. But they want proper turn initiation and turn shape, and they really, really drill that into you. Uh, so, moving on to the teaching side of things, it will compose of three 10-minute teachers that will, you will give to your peers. And that can be on any teaching topic uh, within the Level 1 framework. For example, how, how to teach... A specific mechanical movement in a wedge turn and these are run over three different days 
And I give it a mark out of 10, uh, 6 being the pass mark. Then we move on to the skiing demonstrations. Now with the skiing demonstrations, you only have to demonstrate to advanced wedge turns. Now you might think that your advanced wedge turn is quite good, and yes it, it might be good, but they're going to analyze the mechanics and the body movements that and relate that to how your skis perform in the snow in a wedge turn and the transfer of weight throughout the turn. And you'll be surprised at how much you will benefit in your own personal skiing from doing wedge turns. So those are the three sections. Now, when I was going into the course, I, I didn't actually know any NZSIA ski instructors because the majority of people I was skiing around were from Europe or, or Canada and they were under different systems and you need to be aware that different systems have different emphases on techniques. For example, one system might emphasize more on teaching, one might emphasize more on personal skiing. And But in the level one course for the NZSIA, I would say the main emphasis on is teaching. So they want you to study the textbook and get an understanding of how to teach. So it doesn't really matter if your personal skiing is, is great. You don't need to be the best skier to be a good ski instructor. You need to understand how how skiing works and you need to be able to convey it in, in a way in which young children, teenagers and adults can all understand in basic terms, not in technical terms. So, <clears throat> as I was saying, when I went into the level one, I had no NZSIA uh, instructors around me actually and so I was quite uh, wasn't quite sure where I was at and if I was actually good enough to do this and I did this in the 2017 winter and I had one season's skiing experience under my belt skiing every day and I rocked up to the course and I found that uh, the range in which skiers the skiers undertaking this course was very very big so what i meant by this we had ex ski racers who might just be starting their instructing career who can rip down groomers doing advanced carve turns but we also had people who had just started skiing this season and could barely link a parallel turn together and they actually used this 5 days as a cheap way for a lesson and I kind of found myself in the middle of the pack when I was doing my course and my skiing ability was probably I could link parallel towns down pretty much all terrain and I could ski basic off piste and I was a confident skier all over the mountain and I found, found myself in the middle of the pack. So the pass rate of the level one is approximately 90% so it, it is a fairly straightforward course with an emphasis on teaching, but you're not just going to rock up and expect to do bare minimum and get through and pass. You're going to need to work hard every day and you're going to need to listen to what the trainers are saying and put that into your skiing. And if you do that and you work hard and you show that you're interested in and 
you you most likely pass. It's the the ten percent that don't pass are the ones just just rock up and aren't interested and just want to do their kind of get their certificate and go. And they're actually not really interested in instructing, but they just want it to get a job. Now that leads me on to something else. Um, you'll find that most skiers in the level one, they will be on carving skis. Now you'll find that quite a few people will be skiing on twin tips or even uh, wider all mountain carving skis. But the uh, trainers recommend a carving ski between 60 and 84 underfoot. And depending on the time of the year that you are going to be doing this course, you're going to want to tailor that to the type of ski you're using. So for example, in I did my level one in September of 2017, and I found that the conditions were... This is at Cardona in Wanaka. The conditions were firm in the morning and very, very slushy and choppy in the afternoon. Now, if you've ever skied at Cardrona, you know that it's a very busy field and it gets tracked out and chopped up really easily. So maybe something in the sweet spot between 65 and 84 would be good. Something a little bit, maybe a bit wider in the carving ski range would be good to be able to manage those uh, choppy conditions in the afternoon, that slush. I personally did it on a ski with, I think, oh, I was 70 underfoot. And yeah, that worked out fine. Uh, ha- had no issues with that. So most people who do their level one courses, they, well, not most, but a lot of them and don't end up actually using it. So you'll get quite a few people who are just kind of weekend warrior skiers that want to do a course to improve their own skiing and maybe do a little teaching on the side. They already have a full-time job and skiing is just their hobby. You also find people that are interested in uh, starting a career as a ski instructor, which is a very long road, and uh, they'll be very good skiers. They've skied for a long time. They've traveled around the world. And you'll find find uh, some people who are just traveling around, maybe some backpackers that love skiing and want to want to improve. So that's kind of the dem- demographic you'll get. But as I said, there's a large range of skiers you'll get. And if you listen to what the NZSIA say, uh, you go to a local field before your exam. You go for a ski with a trainer and get some feedback with them. And to let you know where you'll kind of sit in this course. That's a really, really good idea. Now, if your local field doesn't have uh, NZSIA trainer, you can still go there with a ski instructor of any system or even a trainer from any other system. And they'll be able to let you know, give you a general idea if you're good enough. Because the level one, you you should just be able to tell them what's involved in the level one. They'll have a look at what you need to do. They'll help you out a bit and they'll give you their opinion. So going into the costs of this course, it costs approximately $700 for a five-day course. You'll need to pay for your lift passes on top of that, which will be a 50% rate. 
then you'll need to find accommodation in town. So if you're staying uh, in a motel, you can expect plus $70 plus a night. Or if you're staying in a backpacker's around $30, $35. Or you can find a free campsite around where you are and sleep in your car or whatever, however you want to do it. So you need to account for that. So we're looking... We're looking at about what, what, say, seven hundred for the course, say three hundred fifty a week for budget accommodation, and then you're looking at about two hundred dollars on top of that for your lift passes. So it is a quiet an investment. So we're looking around thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, so you, it's a good idea to know your reasons for doing the course, and if you're actually going to use it. As I said, a lot of people just sort of do it on the side. Some people just do it and just leave the country and and never do it again. But I would say if you have a strong interest in skiing, you have your own gear, you've been skiing for a little bit, go ahead, go and go and do it. You're not if you're really interested and keen in it, you're probably not going to fail. And it's just overall a really good course to do. Now, I forgot to mention, if you're doing your course based out of Wanaka, you're going to have to add $30 a day transport to the mountain if you don't have your own car. So that bumps it up to about, what, $1,500 for the course. Another, Yeah, but I think overall it's a good, very good course. It's run to a very high standard and it's recognized internationally. So... Moving on to the level two course, this is a big, big step up in everything. So this course, I would say, has more of an emphasis on your own skiing, the mechanics of your skiing, and how that affects the performance of your skis. You also have to do personal skiing, sorry, skiing demonstrations of wedge turns, wedge parallel turns, basic parallel turns with a pole touch and advanced parallel turns. And you have to be able to do that on all terrain on the mountain. So it is a very, very big step up and it's not something that you want to just rock up to. It's more of a course that you want to spend a season or two, even two training for because they're going to they're going to hammer you. Now, there's also the the teaching side of things, which is a 40-minute teach on the six teaching questions that they give to you throughout the um the course. So it's an 8-day course. You have 5 days of training, which you will get an internally assessed mark on your skiing teaching and uh, demonstrations you then have a day off to prepare to rest and then you will do two days of formal assessments so what i didn't mention with the level one is it's an internally assessed exam so you're not going to have dedicated exam days it's more more uh, assessed throughout your progress throughout the five days so it's not like you're going to have all those nerves on the last day and rock up and do a bad job but there's a lot more pressure going on in in the the level two course and it is a very big step up Uh, but this is the i would say international standard of ski instructing (laughs) now 
you can do the level two course in a couple ways. And if I just backtrack a little bit, you can do your level one and two in a package with uh, Instructor Training Cardrona or Rookie Academy, which are quite expensive programs where you'll go through three months of intensive training with trainers from the NZSIA at Cardrona or Treblecone. And this is a very good way to to maximize the the pass rate. So you're going to get proper skiing. You're going to have time to implement the mechanics and the techniques. They're going to show you skier analysis. And <clears throat> they're very good, but they're dear. Now, I found that there were 30 people in the Level 2 course I was taking in the 2018 season. So I did this in my second season of uh, skiing. And I, I trained all season for it. And I rocked up and I was, I was still struggling. So it is a, a very hard course. And that's even with ski instructing experience. So it's not just something you want to rock up to. But yeah, 30 people, 28 were them, of them were under a... Uh, instructor training Cardrona or Rookie Academy and there was just two of us who had ski instructing experience because they did the level one and the level two package all in one season uh, it's quite common for say gap year students to do that fork out 15k go out to New Zealand and they provide food accommodation and they do this course and they go back home and never work as a ski instructor so I think I personally think you don't you don't want to to be doing that uh, the way I did it, I got a job in a ski field, worked a season, did my level one, went back another season, got some teaching experience, and then I said, okay, I want to do my level two, what's involved in that, and I'm going to train for that. I spent most of my season training with other instructors at my ski field who are very capable, and that set me up quite well, but I would say the disadvantage is that the eye that the trainers of the NZSIA have on your skiing setup and how that affects your performance is something that a lot of people will miss. Now, what do I mean by that? So when I rocked up to the Level 2 course, and as I said, there were only two people in the course who hadn't gone through three months of intensive training with the... Uh, trainers themselves the first thing they noticed was actually a slight wobble in uh, the outside ski which was causing me to find it difficult to balance on my outside ski so when when I was turning so what they actually did is they they've put these things called shims into my ski boots which are like kind of like little orthotic things underneath the footbed and then they actually wedged, they got, like, they got a, like a credit card or a card and snapped it up and actually put it underneath my toe and the binding. And by doing this, and not to mention they put trail maps, folded trail maps, put that in the, the cuffing of my boots. And by doing that, they actually eliminated or any sort of wobble. Now... To the untrained eye, that wobble on the outside ski could just be a 
mechanical error in your own skiing and the way your body moves. But these guys notice straight away, okay, you're doing really good movements here, but you're not getting any performance out of your ski. It must be your setup. So, and they nailed it, and through a process of trial and error over over five days, uh, they set me up for success throughout the two days of exams. So they're very extremely helpful bunch and the way they teach things and integrate different movements into different size sizes of turns and it's just a it's it's really magic how they do it so what's involved in the level two course as i said five days training two days exams but what exactly is involved your personal skiing you're going to do short uh, dynamic short medium and long radius parallel turns and by dynamic I mean, you're going to be getting performance out of your skis. You're going to be getting low. You're going to always have some sort of movement happening. You need to do this with a pole touch, and you need to be doing this with flow. You're teaching. You have a 40-minute assessment, and on your uh, personal skiing demonstrations, you do the wedge, the wedge parallel, the basic parallel, and the advanced parallel. And the wedge parallels are very very difficult now they want perfect rotational and lateral movements in this and you need to get this perfect every time otherwise they'll just fail you i forgot to mention the last there were what i think maybe i'm not going to yell out a number but there were a few level two courses this season maybe three or four coronet peak the level two course before me had a 40% pass rate. Yeah, that's that's right. More than half of the people in the course failed. So if there were 30 people, maybe like 13 passed. Now, so this is a much more expensive course. It's 800, uh, no, maybe $879, I think it is. And then you got your lift passes, accommodation, and I had to pay for transport up to the, the ski field every day. And... You want to make sure that you're ready going into this course. It's not something you want to just book on a whim. And even after a season's, season's intense training, doing my best with high-level ski instructors, I, I struggled. Everyone struggled. They introduced new ideas into your skiing. And the conditions you're skiing in aren't always going to favor favor that. So... It's, it's difficult. Now, as I said, a lot more expensive, but your job prospects are going to jump up leaps and bounds. This is going to allow you to teach overseas and teach in larger ski schools. And maybe if you pair it with something such as the children's instructing certificate, which I haven't done, I can't really comment on, uh, but it's in, supposed to uh, improve your teaching ability leaps, leaps and bounds. So there is a very, very big step up. Now, if you're doing any of these ski instructing courses in um, Wanaka and you're at Cardona and you don't have a car like myself, the bus is going to get you to the ski field at 10 to 9. Now, they expect you to be on the snow at 9 o'clock ready to go and ski for your five days of training. On your exam days, they expect you to be there at 
Now, they've, they're very flexible with this, but you're going to be very rushed if you don't have a car and you're getting up at 10 and 9, you've got to put your boots on, you've got to put your gloves on, you've got to get your lift pass, you've got to put your goggles on, then your helmet on, and you've got to put all your gear on in, in 10 minutes. That's, that's, that's a bit of a rush. So they will negotiate with you, okay, we might go do a warm-up lap, just meet us here. Or you might even be able to find someone with a car. Now, get get talking around and try and try to find someone else with a car. I was great for my level one. I could go up with a guy in his car. Uh, but my level two, because everyone was under instructor training programs, no, no one had a car coming from Wanaka. Um, so yeah, that was quite difficult. I had to had to go up the ski field every day, rush to get there, and then my exams days. It was half an hour late, but they're they're quite flexible. So I would say, don't worry about that aspect of of things. Moving on to the skier analysis. Now this is completely new. You don't do any skier analysis in the the level one one course, but you do in the level two. Now, the skier analysis consists of three evening sessions, and they start at, say, 5.30 p.m. in town, and you'll sit down, you'll watch uh, uh, various people uh, skiing, films of people skiing, and you'll write out a sheet. Now, you have three 5%, no, two 5% sheets to fill out in two evening sessions, and then on your third evening session, on the exam day, you're going to have to sit down with two examiners, you'll book a time slot and uh, of 15 to 20 minutes and you're expected to watch uh, a skier and explain to to the trainers in detail what they are doing wrong in their, in their skiing. For example, this skier is uh, throwing his upper body in the turn so that's causing him to have poor lateral balance and he's pushing his ski to a edge rather than balancing on it. So we want to be balancing on our outside ski. Now, they want very, very specific. They want to see how body movements are related to ski performance and they expect you to be able to talk for five to ten minutes. So it's not not the easiest of things, uh, but it, it can be done. So this is kind of a... Uh, uh, on a controversial area, however, but comparing NZSIA to other systems. Now, you got what have we got? We have the APSIA, which is the Australian system, and we have the CSIA, which is the Canadian system, and then you got European systems, Switzerland, Austria, which I, I would say are above the standard of ours. Their level one is probably the equivalent of our. One point level one point five, not quite level two. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of, kind of just theorizing off the top of my head. Uh, but I would say the level two in New Zealand is generally to a higher standard than the Canadian or the Australian system in their level twos. And as this, this is just from talking to people from other systems. They expect a lot more the NZSIA, and they they have emphases on personal skiing that's really where theirs is at in level two they want you to be a really good skier in level two whereas their teaching is less emphasized on it's kind of i wouldn't say shoved in the corner but it's not as emphasized as uh the ski the personal skiing or the demonstrations i'd I'd rank it personal skiing demonstrations skier analysis 
and then teaching. That's how I would put the, the level level two system. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, but that's that's how how I see it. Whereas an international system might have an emphasis in teaching and all and different aspects of of things i know the canadian system that they even state i was reading a little about theirs it said we emphasize on having fun they have four levels the australian system they have four levels so it's a bit different the european systems they require you to do avalanche and first aid training as a part of your ski instructing so it's all it's very different stuff now moving on to the pay side of things as a ski instructor so as a level one you can expect to be teaching first-time students depending if you're at a big ski school you could be teaching from nine to three every day or if you're in a small ski school you might just get one or two lessons a day now the pay is approximate if i was to put out of my research uh a ballpark figure i would say twenty dollars an hour you, some ski schools might pay thirty dollars an hour some ski schools might pay $15 an hour. You'll find that the larger ski fields pay less, the smaller ski fields pay more. So it's all over the place. It's generally paid as an hourly rate. Uh, and you have more, if you requested lessons, you'll get paid more. If you take private as opposed to group, you'll probably get paid more. But as a general rule, you'll get paid hourly. However, some ski schools, they pay a half-day rate or a full-day rate, which is actually quite a good thing because you can rock up to work one day, and if you're on an hourly rate, you might only work two hours a day. Or if you're on a uh, rock up to work and you're rostered on for a full day of work and you only teach two lessons, you're getting paid for a full day. So that's, that's an advantage. Now, back to the NZSAA, I just want to talk a little bit about the mechanics in which they emphasize on. So if we go back to the level one, I'm going to teach you the intro, the concepts in which they introduce you to. So upon my level one, they get you warmed up. They go into your uh, personal skiing, like right off the bat, and they'll actually film you skiing. And you watch yourself skiing, you're like, oh, jeez, I didn't, didn't think I, I looked I looked that bad. But actually, the first thing they introduced to everyone was these these concepts of um, separation at the the hips and inculation and angulation. Now you'll see this quite clearly when you watch someone skiing. If they're inclinated, they're going to be slanted on like a 45 degree, well not 45 degree angle, but they'll be slanted, they'll be pushing their outside ski to an edge, not balancing on it, and they'll be, yeah, it's just not as dynamic looking, whereas you look someone who's angulating, they're going to be separated at the hips, they're going to have even flexion throughout all the joints, and the upper body is going to be stable facing down the hill. So these are very good concepts in which they will teach you that you never would have heard of. And now after learning these con concepts, it's a classic ignorance is bliss, you'd look back and you'll think, well, how did I ski not even thinking about thinking about these um, concepts? It, it, it really does blow your, your mind. Now... After watching yourself ski, 
you progress dramatically. However, they'll introduce you, this is still the level one, they'll introduce you to turn shape. This is a huge thing. If you go into your level one and you've never had a lesson, which quite a few people do, they've never had a lesson, they go into level one, they don't even know what turn shape is. Now, I think all ski systems break it down the same in the three phases. You have your, your initiation, control, and completion, and you want them to be equal sizes and equal uh, shape all the way down the hill, which is harder than, than it actually looks. You want to be uh, controlling your speed down the hill through pressure management of each ski rather than sliding. Now, this is a common thing. If you're sitting on a chairlift, and you're watching people at the ski field, I'll guarantee you more than 80% of people are skiing, sliding down a hill, and they don't know what they're doing because they don't get lessons. So it is vital that you get get a lesson before you jump into these courses, or you have some experience uh, teaching. Now, in the level two, they emphasize much more about dynamic and performance-oriented skiing. I can't stress enough how, how big this is. They want you skiing. It's not They're not introducing you to entirely new concepts. They're just wanting you to perform the concepts you already know at a perfect level. Um, what else is there to talk about in regards to this this system um the level two is a prerequisite which is going to allow you to do um your race one which is just your, your first uh um, kind of i would call them an, an endorsement on your license even though it's not really a license so do your race one which is, i guess i haven't looked into it because i'm not really interested in it but it's your uh first race qualification if you want to become a coach i guess it's going to be a prerequisite for your park and pipe so if you want to be a park and pipe free ride coach or want to take that line of things you got to get to your level two so it is pretty much the standard for everything uh other than that i would say that's a basic breakdown of the level one and two courses uh, definitely give it a go it's fun being a ski instructor is cool and yeah adios